The lights is green and the girls are pretty. Take me home. Oh, yeah. I think that was actually part of the problem is maybe you shouldn't have gotten taken home. <laughs> and that's why you ended up with green pubic lice. <laughs> SF Life with your host Farzad and Jana and Lindsay. So this week we had our infamous field trip to the San Francisco Commonwealth Club. Commonwealth Club. Kind of like Commonwealth Club. <laughs> you sound like um, I don't know somebody who's consumed a lot of gin. <laughs> I can't talk. Wait, wait, wait! Before we get into that, can we just say? It is episode 13, which means our lucky episode. It's lucky 13, Lucky people. 13. Like the bar on market that's dodgy, but you love it, and they have music that you don't know about in the jukebox. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lucky 13 isn't dodgy. It's I mean, great. It's a dive bar. It's a little divey. It's divey faux show. But dodgy sounds like you're going to maybe get a kidney removed or like a tattoo you don't want. To be honest, I feel like I could go there and then leave, and then that could happen. Yeah, it could. No, not a lucky nope. 13. It's nope. just a dive. I feel like you're overreacting, Jana. I never overreact. I know it's not brass tacks, but... <laughs> I know it's not like hot class da- brass tacks. Mm, would we say brass tacks is high class? I don't know, because again, I, we addressed this last week, but I kind of refused to go in there. Well, it's not high class. That's the press club. My favorite. I've never been to the press club, actually. The press club is fun. We've gone there before, before, during, after, shopping, maybe a movie. We went. I know when we went. So at the San Francisco Commonwealth Club, we saw, uh, it was a lecture by Arthur Moira Weigel. And it was to promote her book, uh, Is Dating Dead? It's actually, the book is called Labor Labor of Love. Labor of Love. The in, um, invention of dating. Okay, I'm completely wrong. Well, but I think I don't think the, you were. But com- the name of the lecture was "Is Dating." Yeah, dead. and it, the name of the lecture um, was interesting because, and I think you may have addressed this at one point. It was a little clickbait-ish because right. um, what the topic ended up being about was completely. It was a little more Freakonomics than... Than Aziz Ansari, Modern Ansari. Romance, yeah. Modern Love, whatever. What is his book called? Modern, Modern Love. Yeah, modern love. Yeah. I modern didn't... something. Sorry, Aziz. Modern love. Hey, it's okay, guys. I'm Aziz. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, but I did end up buying the audiobook and I'm oh, listening you did? to it okay. at work. And it doesn't just talk about the impact of you know economics and females going into the workforce it talks far more about some of the feelings it doesn't get too deep into it though so it's definitely more of an economic and historical look gotcha well yeah so when we all went to the event we were expecting like i said kind of a, an aziz thing let's talk about how people are affected by dating apps and how that plays a role in modern relationships and i think that's what we were all expecting so the moderator was the one of the founders of the league the league yeah okay that's what i thought i wasn't i I overheard some people talking afterwards yeah she was the the moderator was just from a pure critical content standpoint was 
it was interesting to me that I felt like she was either ill-prepared or nervous or was kept jumping around. There didn't seem to be a lot of continuity between right. between the questions. It was kind of like she was asking questions that you would expect to find in a book report. Yeah. Or maybe in a book club where they're just kind of, here's a set set of questions that you should ask the members of your book club. And they don't necessarily go based on the conversation or the response of whomever's speaking. Yeah, because I felt like there was a lot of follow-up questions she could have asked after Maura had given her answer and could have dived in a little bit deeper or or even maybe provided some more personal experience from being a co-founder of an elite dating app. Right. Well, and it seems also like... service. So it seemed like it this, was, this was advertised on the league as well because it seemed like most of the clientele was all like dressed up and like decked out to the nines yeah i'm be interested to go to a different commonwealth club lecture or you know actually the commonwealth club seemed when they were they did like a little like sizzle reel of like some of the talks that they've done and it seemed actually quite, quite interesting yeah the ones there's definitely ones that are less coveted this one in particular we found on gold star which I love because I think it connects people to things that you wouldn't normally go and see and you don't end up investing a ton. So you don't feel right. like you've invested more time than anything. But I I would be curious to go to a different Commonwealth Club event. Right. Mm-hmm. So when Moira was talking, it was basically a brief history of dating and everything was really focused on like the socioeconomic place where women were at a, any given point in time. And so a lot of the details, like Linz was mentioning, were more similar to what you would expect to read in Freakonomics. So I think it was it was interesting learning these different dating facts. And I know for me, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I haven't really thought about it before. But it makes sense that maybe, you know, in the early 1900s or 20s, when women started moving to the cities, and correct me if I if I get a date wrong, but... You know, women started moving to the cities. They had jobs, but they weren't paying very well. So sometimes for these women with their new jobs living in this city, the only time they would get a hot meal was when a man would take them out on a date for dinner. And so that's kind of where modern dating started was when women were literally needing a man to buy her dinner to get a hot meal. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was, uh, you're actually pretty right. It was like a Gilded Age era, like 1860s and onward. Uh, sorry, 1880s and onward. But yeah, yeah. So that was, there was that. She also went into some of the, how some of the gender roles are changing over the course of the, which actually I had a question about that, but I don't, uh, it seemed like it was way out of scope. She kept mentioning these gender roles and how women were supposed to be like housewives and men are supposed to go be breadwinners and how like nowadays things are sort of changing and they're not so much women don't have to like marry into to old to guys who make money or because they, they can make their own money and they can be their own make their own successes and i feel like i mean you you, can, you guys can speak to it more so than i can as a from the female perspective but what are these my question is like where do these gender roles come from that people feel that they have to fall like growing up like coming from an immigrant family and growing up here i didn't really feel that there was like gender roles like i feel like yeah my mom sure was a stay-at-home mom but she chose to do that because she could well i I think that in san francisco and jana probably would agree with us is that we live in a bubble 
And okay. even when you get outside of the city from the small town I grew up in, I was telling Jana, we had discussed this at length over the weekend. Even when you get outside in my small town, you definitely run into religious groups that are Christian and believe that women are subservient to men and that women need to have long hair and cater to the whims of of men and also there's no dancing allowed because that's too provocative or women are never allowed to sort of serve in the church other than to be teachers Mm -hmm. um, and that those leaders are always men and it's very male driven so I think that that was very eye-opening because I too grew up in a situation with a very strong female um actually just a whole lineage of just very strong Mm -hmm. females we're all kind of take no shit and truth so I do I do feel like very aligned with that ideal but I also look at other people who have to ask their husbands particularly in my mom's age group if it's okay to make a purchase or if it's okay to do x y or z and so I do think that there is still that idea that men make the decisions and make the money so we're as women our role is to make their lives easier well and I think a lot of it too coming from Dallas I mean I'm probably lived that stereotype more than the two of y'all and uh, you know I think my mom chose to stay at home with us when we were growing up my sister and I and my dad was definitely the breadwinner but I think you know there's a couple of different things going on here. I mean, yeah, my mom chose to do that. And luckily I came from a family where my dad's salary was able to support us. But I think too, I mean, when it comes to staying home with your children and I've never had children, but I think there's some, you know, I would assume that growing a human inside you builds some sort of bond that, you know, you would have the desire maybe to stay home with your child. I mean, I know I, again, I work in a very competitive field. I'm in advertising. I wouldn't say I'm a workaholic as much anymore, but I do work very long hours. But I know that when I get married and if I have a child, I would like, you know, at least for the beginning of my child's life to be able to be there with him or her. And I think part of it too is just like me growing up, my mom was friends with a lot of other women who husbands were the breadwinners and they chose to stay home with their children and it was it was so great I think because my mom was able to take me and then later my sister out with other kids in the group and we were able to socialize that way and you know I remember we would go to Samuel Farm and pet the flying squirrel or just go to all these other places and I think I don't know I think that there's probably a desire in a lot of women to teach their children a lot of things and give their children experiences that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. But just the same as that, there's an equal amount of women who are more inclined to stay at work. So I think a lot of it is personal preference, but it definitely is more prevalent, I would say, outside of San Francisco. I mean, people who've lived here their whole lives, I think, don't really realize how different it is here in San Francisco. Yeah. I think we live in a bubble for Absolutely. sure. Okay. I From- mean, that was, so that, that was, that was my one of my big issues I had with her because like she kept forcing this idea of like gender roles and how we have to like fo- how people have been told that they have to follow this. And I'm like I don't. Well, it seemed like the the talk was really geared towards like San Francisco and New York, and I feel like those are the two areas where like that's 
like doesn't really apply well and it was interesting because i did i as i've started to listen to her book it definitely i believe she says she does focus on the more urban cities because that's where dating began as well and so that's clearly where she would focus i do think too going back to the gender stereotype roles and just economics in general that's a conversation you need to have with your partner and be very open about i think it's a very obviously san francisco and major cities in general are very expensive to live in sure surviving on one income alone is tremendously difficult so I do think that it's not necessarily a, as much of a choice. It's not as much of a choice to stay at home or work. And then on top of that, when you're adding and in, in calculating nannies and those types of things and help for your children, is it worth it to just to, to stay at home for a period of time until they're going to school? And sometimes the answer is yes. And that doesn't make you less of, you know, an employee or less of a career driven person. I do think that it's it's a choice that you have to make with your partner. Sure. Um, and and any and there's a lot of economic choices that you have to make with your partner because you are combining finances and it is a little bit of an exchange well, when you get down to it. It's part of becoming a family, creating that cohesive unit. Yeah. So it's definitely economically driven. Absolutely. Or financially driven. So uh, another topic that she discussed was sexual freelancing. And so she got into some of the history behind that, where back in the, going back to the 50s era, comparing to the 50s era, where everything was like, you'd go steady, you know, you had a steady family, you had a steady job, and, you know, you didn't get divorces, you stuck together. And everything, everything was for a lifetime. Everything was for a lifetime. You know, the idea of the nuclear family, and that it's, right now we're seeing... Pensions. Pen- <laughs> yeah, exactly. The idea of a pension. And- Social security. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we, we might not have that. We, all ha- we might have that. Oh. They're probably going to say all these... Guys, my pension is going to be fine. I'll be okay. Yeah, you're going to be supporting Jana and I. Good luck. <laughs> I have expensive taste. But so now we have... Same. Now now in the modern era, it's everything's very non-committal, right? Like in job-wise, like people... Oh, exactly. Like it's it's very odd to be at the same job for more than two years, you know? Right. Yeah. It's... And she equates that that idea is, is applied to dating as well. Like you have apps like Tinder... Where they said where she compared it to Uber or actually more like Lyft Line because it's you know a little bit you know you don't know what you're gonna get. Okay, Cupid is more of like a LinkedIn because it's more uh, professional, I guess. This is how she uh, this was how what she was describing. Then you have the League, which is of course the black car. Uber <laughs> the League is the black car. But what are you gonna say when the moderator founded it? Right. So, what were you guys' I'm thoughts cute. about about the sexual freelancing? that you discussed oh i I think it's definitely relevant for our culture absolutely yeah absolutely yeah it it was interesting because even just in our dating lifetimes i mean we're in our late 20s early 30s and i think things have just changed so drastically with the advent of you know your personal computer in your pocket because i remember in high school you know we didn't have a computer in my pocket aka a cell phone but yeah, so like things were just totally different. The way you communicated with people in general was different. Aim. Yeah, oh, aim. A messenger. Aim. Aim. But I, I don't know. My friends and I, are, uh, our love interests, spoke on the phone for hours. My mom yeah, yeah, had yeah. to institute oh, yeah. call waiting because, yes. right. because of some certain gentleman callers. <laughs> right. But I think now we've gotten to a point where things are so impersonal and that it has really affected the way that we 
treat people. And I think that kind of ties back to the the sexual freelancing. You can do what you want without having any strings attached. It's just like a freelance job. You get in, you get out. I mean, it's literally, literally like figuratively. Getting an Uber. Yeah, you were a great girl. Thanks for Thanks, hanging sir. around. For now this. could you get an Uber and leave? I got my next Uber coming. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. So I, I think that's, and I don't know if it's sadly, I, I think that's just the way that the culture has gone. And I think it's really interesting and empowering for women in particular that this trend is kind of a trend, I guess. And it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Well, it's empowering well, for women, but disempowering in terms of from a human aspect. Yes, I would agree with that. Well, yeah. it's, I, I feel it's also, it may actually be attributing to the death of dating to bring it back to the title of the thing because i mean i mean from the male perspective like you don't from a young male perspective i'm talking like you know teenage years when you're in your formative years you know back in the day like you would just go to school and you try to talk to people right now you have a device in your pocket that you can literally look at porn at any point i know it's great and it's well it's great but it's also <laughs> private mode <laughs> Jana's phone is always in private mode and so only accidentally accidentally so but but that's also causing problems because why would a young guy he has access to the world's best porn database there's ever been he doesn't have to go into the forest to find forest porn that's a whole separate discussion for uh, forest porn is magical and like a lot of bush what no no forest porn like from the 70s no no forest porn is a whole okay fine i'll get into it forest porn is I mean this is this as kids like you 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 experience this when you're out with your buddies and you're like in like a forest. I didn't experience porn as a kid. But Did you guys going. hide your pornography no, in the forest? We found someone's porn stash in the forest. So that's forest porn. Like you just stumble upon some like. Is that a real? It's uh, absolutely real phrase. Yes. Are we gonna have to go to Urban Dictionary no, right now? No, it's not. It's it's totally a thing. Ask any like any guy like well probably not the younger generation. But forest porn is absolutely a thing. We actually like... like this SF Life listeners, I am going to see, Urban Dictionary right now. All right, let's do this. It did not pop up on auto from Google. Forest videos on porn sites. That's where I'm at. It may be called something else, but porn it's Porn in a physical format, topically a magazine or pages out of such magazine that are either discarded or left with the intent to turn into... Okay. For people to come across it at a later, at a later date. Okay. I mean... Forest porn was absolutely a thing. So for... it's more of like a... It's more of like breadcrumbs. Well... Yeah, ish. It's like basically you, you stumble across someone's like giant stash. Like it's probably some. Is it really a stash or if it's somebody who's just discarding it? It's either it's so it goes both ways. Either like it's uh it's a dad whose uh, wife discovered he has a porn stash and she's like you have to get this out of the house and so, so it he... doesn't literally have to be in the forest. No, but like usually that's where you find it because like they don't want to throw it away or they want to come back to it so they hide it somewhere in the forest so they can get back to it and then. You know, kids in the neighborhood find, run into it and find it. And so it's like it a friends. pornographic treasure hunt or it's, time it's capsule. So much like, yeah, it's like, exactly. It's like a treasure. It's a treasure trove that you stumble upon as a child. I don't need pine needles near 
any of my parts. Yeah, but when you're like, there, there's a magicalness to it when you're a 12 year old boy. Oh, I totally agree. That like you just find this like, what is this? Or when you're digging through your parents' stash and then you find it, you find weird shit that you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Like a whole series of magazines. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. not like at my house. We definitely used to go through all of our friends' parents' like drawers and cabinets when they weren't around. I found some things at my house. I yeah. Anyway. What, anyway, so get back on topic. So to bring it back, actually, so you know what I'm saying is that you know guys aren't talking to younger guys aren't talking to women their age because it's just too much work. People might aren't as well. talking to people in general. But I'm saying that this is actually like th- this is what I'm, my th- my premise is that is dating dead is that it may be actually causing the death of dating with just the prevalence of porn guys not being able to talk to women that maybe this is in for future generations is going to be a huge issue i think that people use their smartphones in general and i am not uh, i'm also a party to this as being a social crutch so people can't just sit at a bar and enjoy themselves and enjoy a drink by themselves if nobody's around even with people around they're on their phones like People are so disconnected from each other. You, how many like people on the bus are not on their phone? Oh I, yeah, I how read a book today on the on bus, and I uni. was just like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, exactly. I feel so old school, and I get it. It's easy. It's portable. You can take it out anytime. It's always around in your friend, but it's also making people extremely disconnected and not like recognizing that maybe what they say to people on these apps or how they treat people after they meet them on the apps is not acceptable sure because people are disposable yeah 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 well and i think the other side of that too is that then you have other people who are expecting like an instant relationship and so you go out (laughs) yeah you know you want to i think we probably all know somebody like this but you want to skip the first date and just get into the comfort of being in a relationship and having that partner and that person that you can, you know, lean on, hang out with, whatever, but you don't want to put in the work to do it because why would you? Everything else in life has become instant, you know? No, I completely agree. Or people who are just ready, they're so hungry for a relationship that they're unwilling to look at signs or unwilling to take the time to truly get to know somebody. And then the fall... People, you know, are on such pedestals. People put other people on these pedestals. And the fall is very, very high, very long. Reminds me of a little movie called The 40-Year-Old Virgin. He put the pussy on a pedestal. I love that movie. It's a good movie. And I just said the P word. Yeah, finally. Loosen that butthole, Jana. Yeah, Jana, that stick is coming out today. Oh, God. So sadly, none of this was actually discussed on the at the lecture. No, and I think that there were some questions that were trending toward that, but they were gl- a little glossed over, which was right. disappointing. Yeah, I, I feel like they were trying to like it, maybe maybe she addresses this in the book, or maybe she doesn't. But it felt felt like they weren't really trying to get into this, like that deep of conversation. I am maybe an eighth of the way through the book at this point of listening. There is some emotional, there is an emotional side to it, but it's not, it's, it's kind of, it's a, I don't want to call it dry because it's not. I think that she does infuse some pop culture references into it, but let's be honest. I think listening to modern romance or with Aziz Ansari is, you can't really beat that. I think he really hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Sure. 
But I'm glad that we went. It was, again, interesting to get the background and definitely gave us some ideas so of things to talk about. I, I definitely had one more thing that I wanted to bitch about. Like, I, it just kind of angered me. Yeah. Farzad was angry. He was, was, like, wanting to get back well, to his, his game that he's been playing. So, I, I, so actually, that, that, that the summary I haven't gotten to yet. That, that's why I was angry. But one thing that kind of pissed me off is that she made this huge deal about fertility. She was like, y'all, you, you guys realize that men can become infertile too. And like, it seemed like nobody there had studied like high school biology because that seemed really, really revolutionary to them that they were like, what? Men can be infertile too? I thought only women would get yeah, infertile. Yeah, I thought it was a little strange that they brought up the the whole part about fertility. And then they started talking about the league's weird egg party yeah like i was that was that was a little bizarre i felt like maybe we had to make money though right entered into like some kool-aid drinking thing yeah like i was a little nervous and it it seemed very into cult territory (laughs) well it it seemed very like uh i would suggest i would say even like anti-women to to suggest the the egg party the freezing egg party like that was like i'm like okay like that was a little kind of perpetuating the stereotype that women go sterile like very early on, I get it. Like I, I get that. I the the I'm sure that the uh, intention was good. Yeah. But it's sort of perpetuating that stereotype where, like, you know, oh yeah, women after thirty, there's no point. Well, and as somebody who does not sure if she wants to have children or not, um, I really do feel like maybe they could have addressed that there are multiple ways to have a relationship, and having children doesn't make a marriage and right. it's not completely necessary to be a, a woman um and then also but then it again it's like, a little short-sighted it also and then the thing that really bothered me was the fact that they were like it was a revolutionary idea that men go infertile too like that is like and they also didn't get into like well i mean if we're talking about men always being right and being leaders and in that aspect then maybe yes, it was a revolutionary idea at one point that men are could go, can go infertile. Yeah, yeah. it's it's also like I mean one thing also she didn't discuss, which I felt was like again this like high school biology guys, it's nothing revolutionary. Like so she discussed like yeah sperm count, sperm morphality, and sperm motility go down with age, which is totally fine. Which I guess that's actually that's addressed with sperm morphality actually, but the idea that like your genetic material as a male like goes bad for someone who was very like focused on the the facts and the history and the science behind it it just seemed so like well and trying to get out of this whirlwind or this you know keeping one sex down it seemed like the only way just it was interesting to me that she talked about fertility and then made it seem like that was the one way to have the an only reason level, a level playing field a level playing field when she did talk about a leveling out the playing field with um with salary equality but i did find it interesting that she really focused on uh the whole fact of that you need to have a family um and that's one of the main reasons to get married and i think that's changed and shifted as we've gotten older and it's clear because people are getting older later and they're having kids later yeah yeah i didn't really pick up on the frustrations i guess 
or the distaste in what she was saying like you guys well i just feel like it wasn't a puddle a puzzle piece that fit i do agree that getting together um and and starting a family and wanting to reproduce is one part and one aspect of being in a relationship but i i just felt like that was a very ill-placed and they could have focused the energy on a different topic or gone into in more depth deeper discussion about something that clearly piqued the audience interest because i feel like the whole audience just kind of like for me i was lost and it's not just because i don't know if i want to have kids but it's just it just seemed like it didn't fit yeah see and i just i i will agree with you i think that again and i haven't read or listened to her book so I'm not sure what details she might get into there. But just again, with the title of the lecture is Dating Dead, I, I did feel that that was a little bit out of place. I agree with that. But at the same time, I'm thinking about, again, who the moderator was. She has a business to run. If these women in the audience aren't already part of her throng of users maybe they will be so i just saw that as like a that's my big that that was so i'll get to that that was one of my big problems with her but like that's another another thing that was that really bothered me even more was the fact that she addressed the issue that like oh some people think that motherhood isn't a real job and like if you ask a farmer he'll say that like oh yeah my job is just as important as her taking care of the kids and i'm like Who's the misogynist that you're talking to that claims that motherhood isn't a job, that it's easy to be a mother? Who, like, who is this person? I want to meet this person. Because that well, then guy. Then go to Middle America, bro. But, like, but that's the thing. Like, Middle America, like, she, she's like, ask a farmer. Okay, Middle America. I'm not casting this person's, but, like, if we're asking a farmer, and I'm not saying that, like, all of Middle America is a farmer, but look, farmers, but, like, they're, like, if we're, but I'm saying, like, I want to meet the per that who is that misogynist pig who's like standing on his high horse that's saying like oh you don't you're a woman like like I, I mean that's like go to Middle America go to a Church of Christ church go to a Baptist yeah. church there's one you live in a bubble one, yeah there's one just, just down the road it. it's about ten ten minutes fifteen minutes away from here I'm sure you could go and see all these the women that are there that are perfectly lovely and nice but definitely need permission from their husbands but to like do even, absolutely but, anything and that is in san mateo county sure I, I get that no i get that but like even in like studying like religious text like at least i can tell i can say from the islamic perspective that's i mean that's from what i've studied i've only partially studied christianity and from what i've been what i was taught growing up is that for example like heaven is beneath the feet of mothers because mothers are on a higher level because they because of all the work that they have to put in to raise children like that's and so like the thought that like someone some fuckhead and i mean because no offense to fuckheads but who feels that like that like motherhood isn't a job and see that that's what bothered me is that like they, they she mentioned this and it seemed like it was taken for granted like it was just like oh yeah this is totally normal in society but the thing i have a couple of points so again go to the middle of the country okay i, I get that but also we live in a capitalistic society so money is king above everything else right so money is everything so if traditionally the men are m- making the money and the women are 
not making the money, then the women are going to be deemed as beneath the men because they're not providing financially. Again, we live in a capitalistic society, regardless of whether you agree with that or not. Like, sure, that's I, how it is. I, I understand that, but that's a very short. I would, I would argue that that's very short sighted. Again, I'm, you're, again, I mean, we you're, live you're in playing, a, we live in America. How we're like fucking voting for Trump? How much more short sighted can you get as the culture? Jana. So I, I, I get agree that. With you, I don't know. I, so. I think I think that you and I think <laughs> I don't feel like so the, the thing is like the more and more that I'm we're going to these like I because I, I hear this often and like even like even like by the architect that I'm dating like she's like she said like she has issues like meeting men who are like willing to stick around and deal with her working and like to yeah I, I don't that that just doesn't make sense to, I don't understand that yeah I definitely have I'm a very successful young professional female i've definitely run into men who don't agree or not don't agree but are taken back by how much i make and my job and how much of it require how much it is required of me and um aren't necessarily comfortable that that i'm willing to pay for things or i'm you know not relying on them and aren't gonna i'm never gonna play into that traditional role but I think, yes, I mean, there are definitely men like that. And F, I think that um, in some ways, you're you're very generous. I think it's part of the Persian culture to be very generous. You always insist on paying for things for people. And it makes you yeah. feel, feel proud and successful that you're able to do that. So I think it's kind of the same situation when it comes to men that maybe aren't Persian, that they're like, okay, well, I need to pay for things and I need to do this because it bolsters me up as a man. It solidifies my place in society, which again, regardless of what it's like in San Francisco across the country, the man is still generally speaking the breadwinner. I mean, if you take a look at all of like the, I'm, this is probably, a st- I'm making up stats, but but legitimately, if we were to take a look at like Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies what is the percentage of women who are the CEOs and the top earners in this company? I mean, I think that's indicative of how there is a disparity between what men earn and what women earn. I mean, not to go back to like the 73, 73 cents per dollar or 96 cents or whatever that is. But just in general, women as a whole do not have as high paying jobs as men. And then again, in the capitalistic society, like what women are doing isn't necessarily as good as what men are doing if they're not earning the money. I do think that men are more ego-driven. And so I think that that does play into the more women are more nurturing. Women are more group, you know, group focused and taking care of the group. And I, and I do think mm-hmm. that that rings true no matter whether or not you're in a high paying job or if you're, in a you know in a position where you're deciding to take care of your family and so yes I definitely Farzad I think that you've grown up with a very progressive view and I think that I I have too I grew up with a dad that was very accepting my mom was a female entrepreneur like definitely always had businesses and was very involved in the community and still found time to take care of us and and they both took care of us it wasn't like my mom was stuck behind a kitchen all day my dad made dinner for us my dad you know put my hair in a ponytail when I needed it so 
yeah i do think that we just grew up differently and and it's great because we can provide um equality and 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 help spread that and spread that ideal sure i mean it just makes all i'm i guess my my thought is that it's making me more and more depressed about society and the state of well i think that and maybe i should be a hermit and create my own island of pure perfect people no but i think what's great is that hashtag not nastyism sorry i keep moving the mic <laughs> But I think um, I think what's great about society is that we are having these conversations. So I grew up differently from you guys. My dad went to the Church of Christ, which is Lynn's like the church you were talking about, where women are only able to cook meals and teach Sunday school to the children. They're not able to serve on the board or be an elder of the church. They're not able to serve communion. Because and you they're... better wear a skirt that covers your ankles. Well, I mean, it's maybe not that extreme, but... it's a, Yeah, I mean, not that extreme, but you are expected to, to dress up and be um, right. you know, a we, model. Well, and I mean, that, that's definitely citizen. true in Islam. I mean, that guy's fucking... <laughs> that's part of the reason my parents left the country, left Iran, so... Right, but I'm just saying, I mean, th- those are still beliefs that are held by a majority of not a majority but by a lot of but a good people, portion yeah in in the country and then i have my mom's side of the family with um a very strong matriarch my grandma's spaghetti was an amazing woman well was she's still alive Spaghetti's an amazing woman and has done all of these amazing things so i mean i think it just I, th- I think, you know, just throughout the country, people are becoming more and more progressive. I mean, eventually everything that happens on the coast trickles into the middle of the country, whether think, it be fashion, music, exactly. whatever. And I think that you're going to be seeing that. I think with the influx of those who are um, tech is definitely not the bubbles bursting a little bit here and it's moving to the middle of the country. So I think that Austin those ideals are just going to continue to trickle into mm-hmm. the to the center of the country. Yeah. So I think if anything, you can be hopeful and um, just appreciate what you've been able to grow up with and then have a better understanding for people who haven't had the pleasure of growing up like this, especially if exactly. they're, especially if their own beliefs don't necessarily match what they grew up with. All right. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, continue those ideals. I think about the women that I have on either side of my family and my great great grandmother was a like a fairly famous you know writer for the paper she was part of the hate family (laughs) wait hate like my street yeah she just a very well educated again on my mom's side of the family for sure it's probably my dna to take no shit definitely suffragist and work towards equal rights for women from the from you know the very the very start so my dad's side of the family my my grandmother was also a female entrepreneur and worked through my dad's childhood as well to and supported the family as so it's just I think that continuing those ideals and is really important and imparting that on the your your family if you, you so choose to have one is important Yeah. And so I think kind of, and we can cut this if we want, but to kind of wrap all of this up, unless we had more we wanted to talk about, I think it all comes down to evolution, like everything evolves, right? So we heard in the lecture, you know, the socioeconomic evolution of dating, and we're continuing to live through the evolution of dating as it morphs into something 
different. Every generation, you know, things are changing and everyone thinks, oh, it's the worst. And then it ends up being fine. So I think that's, I think that's just where we're at. We're in the middle of yet another revolution. Sure. I would agree with that. So I'd say in summary, what were you guys' thoughts on, I mean, we, we did have a pretty deep discussion about this, but what were your thoughts on the lecture? I thought it, I thought it was interesting and educational and not what I expected, but I would likely read the book to learn more just because I'm interested in making connections between economics and, you know, the sociology of the world we live in. I agree with that. I also think that no matter what, it was fun to go out with you guys and just do something different that could contribute to the podcast. I do think that I would go back to a Commonwealth Club event. Not every, you know, not every event is going to be perfect, but I do think it opened up some pretty deep discussion for us. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, my only problem was, like I said, like some of these like revolutionary ideas that she was didn't seem all that revolutionary and i just kind of like was like really like it seemed like there was like a lot of rubes in the audience and i was like i could be doing this too like, sometimes people just need someone else to connect the dots for them i, I guess yeah uh, yeah yeah but made me lo- lose a lot of respect for the league i'm actually my I'm, like it seems like it was like if, if that was the clientele that's at on the league i don't want to be on that site <laughs> It seemed like most of, like, some of the guys there were, like, super douches. Like, the guy who just kept arguing with Moira. Like the guy in the hat? The hat guy. Yeah, oh my there was God, a guy who was arguing so with her. And I, I think that that was pretty rude because I know that she had, she clearly had done her research. She's extremely well-spoken. The book, I, as I'm listening to it, I, the, it, I see the tiebacks, I think. I think he was actually arguing with the league lady. Well, both of she was he, was he so it was, he was arguing out. with he both of mad. them. He so his claim was that like oh yeah like L A sorry New York is like is a, like a sixty forty split for men and women like there's more women than there are single men, and San Francisco is more is fifty fifty, and his argument was like no San Francisco is more men than women which is absolutely false I can guarantee I can say I can say that for sure, and. Have you counted them? I do. I count all. Do you of them. tally them? I feel I, like Farzad does have a tally. I count all the men that walk into the city. <laughs> I thought you were tallying the women. women. Oh. <laughs> we just revealed a lot on this podcast. We let's dive deeper. Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely. I mean, he is. He is right that the South Bay, like San Fran, like San Jose, is definitely oh, I can, hardcore. Yeah, more uh, men than women. Yeah, well, and but I'm always also curious as to what you're counting San Francisco as because San Francisco, are you counting San Francisco Bay Area or are you counting San Francisco proper? Right. Because I always think San Francisco proper. And well, like the I, I feel like at, since since living in se- in the seven by seven, I've been only thinking like San Francisco proper. But that's a valid point. Like, are we thinking like outside the bay? And because San Francisco encompasses San Francisco Bay Area encompasses a, a lot of more than seven by seven. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So oh, yeah, but like, yeah, and he kept arguing with her that there's, and I I feel that she was talking about San Francisco, the city, not. I I feel like that was not the, the idea. rural. Not like the the Bay Area in general, but he kept. It seemed like he was arguing about the city as well, and well, it just kind of was like, I just want to punch you in the face. He was also wearing a button-down plaid shirt, a vest, and a douchey hat. 
Super so I just douche. wanted to punch him prior to talking. Oh yeah. god, that stupid fedora! Now I remember him. I have he was the worst. He was he. I think he was also wearing a shit ton of man jewelry, which can he go was. either way. And it was a lot of pink as well, because real men wear pink. You know pink what? And yeah. Well, he I could... want to punch him. Like the second he got up there, I'm like, ah, oh, you better not open your mouth. Yeah. Oh, you're opening your mouth. I want to punch you. Like, so of hard. course, you're the guy that has a question. Oh, yeah. of course, of course, of course. I believe you also um, on your name tag. It says you like the smell of your own farts. Yeah. He was, yeah. So, <laughs> so there were a few people there that I'm like, I don't want to be associated with these people. It made me kind of hate the league. Well, the, the league, idea of what, the really, league. what really pissed me off was what, going back to the fertility thing is when she was like, oh, we had these egg parties. Right. And I was like, are we fucking creating the Stepford Wives? Is that what we're creating? We, are we all going to become robots if we join the league? Like, is that you're going to quit your high paying job to become a robot? It goes back to capitalism. We're jumping on the freeze your egg trend. Facebook does it for their employees. Other companies are doing it. So it's it's on trend. Why not do that? You get women to pay and come do this. Maybe their companies aren't offering it and maybe they don't know who to talk to to get the basic information. So even if it's just informational for them, it's all it all ties back to capitalism. Oh, my God. I sound like a commie. Well, but no. Well, it does. But I am. It's a full circle. And I mean, she's smart. She's definitely providing a 360 view of dating and mating. So exactly. Well, and that clientele can do it. They can do it financially. And if they're super career women, they likely want to put off having children anyway uh potentially i mean i it comes down to money how are you going to make more well and also like i mean yeah this is a grander discussion this is it isn't it kind of selfish to want to have like if you can't have children to like freeze your eggs so that at a later date you can have children because there's plenty of kids that need to get adopted no i completely agree with you and i was thinking and i feel that. like that was completely like not even not even on the table that wasn't even on the table yeah and i was and like that's mm. the number one way i'd ever want to have kids is to adopt them and I, I mean i have my i have my thoughts about adoption and like i mean it's selfish i fully admit like i want to have my own like ideally i'd like to have my own kids but like the idea of adoption isn't off the table, and it seemed like that was not even dis- that was that not wasn't even discussed. even discussed. It was like it, this <laughs> baby is coming out of the both of us, and it's going to be your sperm and my eggs, and we're going to make a baby. And we are not going to talk afterwards. I think it. it I, we're just going to live in resentment with it felt each other. A little, it felt a little Patrick Bateman, like, uh, God, what's the movie called? God damn it. Oh, I can quote the movie and I can't do it. I just keep thinking of the Stepford Wives, the the one that came out in the 2000s. See, American I, Psycho. Oh. A, yeah, American Psycho. It felt a little American Psycho to me. But so, those are the types of guys that those women like to date. Uh, no, but God, again, I have a different perspective. I, I don't think that I would take fertility drugs to get pregnant if that was what I needed later on in life. I think I would adopt a child because to your point, both of y'all, there are plenty of children in need, but that's my my personal preference. But I think what it comes down to is having the option because if you're not ready to make the decision of whether or not you want to have a child, I think you want to set yourself up for success. So a lot of these women, I would assume, just look at it as almost like like a savings account of sorts. So you don't know what the future is going to hold. So you set aside money for that, right? You don't know what your relationship future is going to hold. So you maybe set aside some eggs while you still have them. Uh, 
again, I don't think that I would go down that path, but I, and I don't plan on saving my eggs and I'm 32. But at the same time, I could understand how someone, especially if they had fertility problems running in their family. I know plenty of women who are having trouble with fertility. Maybe they want to do that. They're not ready to have kids. They haven't re- met the right person yet. So no, I mean, just I don't setting see it anything, aside. I don't see anything wrong with it. I just, I it think was a weird party that, though. I think in that venue, it was a very, uh, I don't know. I, I just think uh, going back to the beginning and what you said earlier, Farzad, or what we had discussed offline is that it felt, the title felt a little clickbait. Yeah. And I think that I wish they would have focused more on just the dating aspect of it and not necessarily the mating and marriage portion. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. It also seemed like it was like supposed to be a lead up for a mixer afterwards. Because because everybody was so dressed up, guys, and they, money. Yeah, mix it. Well, they did mention that they go up the street and yeah. go have some drinks. I kind of wanted to. I wanted to be a fly on that wall just to hear. I thought you were going. I know because I was, there were definitely some Farzad ladies. I was. The, I was not dressed the, up uh, enough. I was not. I, I, when I showed, I'm like, oh man, I look like a schlub wearing my beat up chucks and. That you always wear. Not the beat up chucks. You were, I don't think you were schlubby. I think that there was a guy sitting next to us who was, you know. Oh, in the a, guy next to me that was kind of hot. He was, he was hot. He was really hot. He was really hot. I was having trouble concentrating. He was but cute. he had an annoying laugh. Oh, it was the worst. That, was that, like, that will keep, <laughs> that will kill. Like if, I, if I find a girl like super attractive <laughs> and if she laugh, has a horrible laugh, it will kill. Like boner, dead. So it's like the Dave Matthews band equivalent. Oh, God. Yeah. Bad teeth and laugh are for me. Okay. I can struggle through teeth, but laugh, no. Like, it's just like, immediately, like, shut your face. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> there, actually, there's a funny story we had. There was this one, uh, Joseph and I were drinking one night, and a uh, friend of a friend, like, showed up, and it was, like, first time meeting her. And we were like, oh, she's nice, but she had, like, the Fran Drescher dra- laugh oh. times a million. Nope. Yeah, it was, and so, and she would laugh at everything, and like, like that's because she wanted to get in one of your guys's pants, pretty much. And Joseph would like turn to me, he's like, he like would like have his, he did the face his face palm, his patented face palm thing, and then later he was just like, I just wanted you to stop making her laugh. I'm like, I wasn't trying to make her laugh. She just kept laughing. The patented face palm, Joseph. Yeah, he's just I like, see oh. that a lot. Yeah, I see that. I think he just walks. If I'm even in the room, he's just face palming. Yeah, I feel like I get that too. I feel so like sorry. that's just the Joseph move. Didn't didn't mean to uh, derail the conversation, but yeah, no, no, no it was a good derailment. I would, I would have been interested. It would be interesting to see like the conversations there. Just be like, so you fuse your eggs? Yeah. Yeah. When do you bring that up on like a on a date? Is it like the the. Like, Hey, I just want to let you know I've frozen my eggs. I mean, maybe when you decide to have children, if you're having problems. Or you have a little too much to drink. Hey, just like three dates in. I just want to let you know I froze some eggs. Do you feel like, though, um, like meeting people in real life is dead? Because I, I definitely, no. in this city, I think it is. I, I, I don't, I mean, that's how I met the architect. So like we, I mean, we met at a mix. I mean, it, granted, it was a Match.com, OK Cupid mixer. So that doesn't count. Yeah. But like that, but that was an in-person interaction. It wasn't. We didn't talk online ever. Maybe organically is. I mean, organically, okay, like organically, you're at a bar, the better term. You're sitting because I feel like I always get the married dude sitting next to me who's like traveling, and he's like, "This looks like a loose lady." Yeah. 
Hey-o. I feel like, I feel that that's a little bit more prevalent here in San Francisco because like, it's such a transient city. Or I just city. get like the nice married guy who just wants to talk to me, and I'm like, great, awesome. I haven't. So I, I used to, when I was living when I was living in Berkeley, I would do that, like just hang out at the bar and just talk to people. And I did like get numbers and whatnot. I haven't done that much here because I don't really have like that kind of like this is my hangout bar kind of a thing. Yeah, last year, last year I did go out by myself. And it did pan out well. I mean, in terms of like, I ended up, I hooked a man. Yeah. But he was kind of a sinker. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, no, I, I did Better that. Better than a stinker. Well, he was also sucky and um, the Yeah, aspects. that was, I, I had that happen to me at a, I picked up a girl at a bar and she took me, well, she, I met her, we talked for a little bit, then she started talking to this other guy and then like, I was like, oh, okay, whatever, it's over. And then. I think I like got it. I like made a comment or something, and she's just like turned to me and started talking to me again. And then that guy left, and so she then she turned to me and was like, "You won." I'm like, "What?" In those situations, I said, "Yeah, I'm a fucking cockroach. You can't kill me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh and that God. was also it was also very much a sucky situation. Maybe it was the alcohol, but she did not perform well in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, my um, my real life person also was not perhaps as satisfying as I would have hoped. I think this is just, I mean, granted, like most of my situations have been online. So like, and I think you can lay down a little bit of foundation and framework online because you do get to see what they look like and some of their interests, maybe they align with what you, you like and, taste and preferences is like i do think that is a predictor of romantic potential yeah i think especially for women i'm definitely more a try i think personality is what wins me over yeah that dry wit exactly but maybe maybe one of our challenges over the next couple of weeks or next few podcasts is we each have to go out by ourselves and pick up some tile and talk to people that sounds terrible you know i like to hang out at dog parks so you can that's ha- actually a perfect place to it pick is up on i met it i met I didn't a cute say guy you had like to go dave Roll. okay i was hoping i was i'm glad you you clarified you, did you mention dave Grohl? yeah i met this like dave Grohl looking dude at the dog park the other day yeah excuse me i have to and then he was like i'm gonna go home and watch some comedy on netflix and i was like oh Sploosh. Yeah, I was super. I was like, yeah, I like this guy. Let's just say it got a little moist in the park. Yeah. Well, yeah, we live in San Francisco, <laughs> yeah, so it's very foggy. foggy. Very foggy. foggy. Yeah, that's, it's as foggy. It was a that's foggy right. night. I, refer, I don't know what you're talking about. I was referring to the fog. It was a foggy night. Foggy. He had a cute little border collie. Yeah, no, I, 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 actually, I'm willing to take on that challenge. My, yeah. my problem is like I, you know, I suffer from you know, lack of confidence issues with guy like really oh yeah like i need liquid confidence. so this is all bravado no it's not bravado but like i, I it's we're amongst those... trusted friends yeah no for me it's it's a hard for me to t- i still like have that like oh what if she hates me what if i but everybody has nothing that. ventured nothing gained exactly that's uh, that's the <laughs> counter argument to that and... i used to i used to give my business card out on on going out at lunch if i saw a hot guy i used to just walk up to him and give him my I, business, I card. business how'd that work for you um, a lot of the time they had girlfriends 
Uh, but you know what? It was worth it. And I think I flattered them and probably they, he went home and probably made some sweet passionate love to his girlfriend that night. Yeah. Well, and like, what's the worst that's going to happen if you start talking to a girl? She'll yeah. turn the other way. She'll say something stupid or mean. No. My and then you're just like, I'm overthink done. Things. I'm an overthinker. And so like, I'm like, okay, she already, how do I approach? What is the approach? What do just I have to grow a pair and say, hi, I'm Farzad. How was your night? I'm better. I, I can do that when I don't. When I'm drunk and my brain is slow, then I can. Then I can't, don't have a chance to overthink it, and I can do that. Okay, maybe one challenge too is like we all go out individually, but maybe we all are each other's wingman at a certain point. I like that idea. Joseph too. is an amazing wingman. Is he? Yeah. He's okay. He has no. His he's great. It's true. He will just. He he can. He has the ability to strike up conversation for. I would say Joseph is a better wingman for ladies. He is not a good wingman for guys. The last two times I've been out with him at Danny Coyle's, I've made out with strangers. All right, you and Joseph pair off, and then Farzad and I will pair off. Sounds okay. good. Sorry, Joseph. Nah, he'll love it. Nah, he loves it. He'll love it. You Can you do him a favor, too, and maybe get somebody to, you know, jingle the, that jangle? I will do my best. I have not... Fondle his meaty clackers? I watched a lot of the league. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't move past meaty clackers. The old meaty clacker. I feel like that's the noise. All right, Botswana, let's calm down. <laughs> so gross. So gross. And on that note, <laughs> I feel... Meaty clackers. If, uh, That's the note we're ending on. Meaty clacker. We're going to end on the meaty clackers. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe to our podcast. You'll hear this. <laughs> that is a level of comedy that you come to expect from this SFO. Send us your questions. Or maybe, or maybe you just need a, a, a wing person and we can provide that service. Some of us can draw attention with our mouth tricks. I mean, obviously. Obviously, Jana. Not me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at This SF Life. We're on Instagram at This SF Life Podcast. And we have a website, This SF Life. And then finally, we are available on everything. Uh, Google Play stitcher and of course itunes so come check us out subscribe subscribe leave us us a uh leave us a review send us your emails this is life.com yeah send us questions we want to answer things that aren't just from our own brains so that's it signing off farewell